Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. We're live. We're cranking. Flying over the airwaves. Thanks to good old Zoom. I guess we're half sponsored by Zoom, or we pay them. Either way, we're here, and my guest today, I am stoked. She's she's in tech. She is a startup sales pro and thought leader over a decade, a decade crushing on the sales game, understands marketing, has sold to marketers and worked with marketers to get solutions for over a decade. Brilliant. In fact, I, I met her at an event and, and I could see her being very consultative at the same time. But you know what? She's also, she's got a passion for community. So she's very much a community builder and a working mom, partner of Linking Indie Women, co-founder of Ride and Raise, Allie Brettnocker. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I, I made it. I survived those words. We were. You did. I was so proud. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> if, <laughs> the rest of the show is going to be easy from here. I survived the intro. Let's do this. Well, hey, you got so much experience. And and we were just talking, like, I've known you for a while. We've, like, we met once, and then we sort of just kept up <laughs> on the internet, you know, and, like, on LinkedIn and networking and that kind of thing. And then every now and then we got to check in, you know. So this that's what we're doing here. Yeah, I'm so glad we are. It's been way too long since we've actually spoken live. That <laughs> one time back in, one gosh, time. San Francisco four years ago. Right, it's like yesterday, though, at the same time. Sounds like a story right there. There must be a story to that, people. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to stop talking and pass you this thing. It's heavy, but I know you literally CrossFit and work out and run marathons. So here it is. Ugh. Okay. Ugh. Thor's hammer. Go ahead. Grab that. You got it? Okay. Yes. Sweet. All right. Take Thor's hammer. Smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all. All right, Casey, the myth I am smashing today is that sales and marketing alignment isn't hard. It's not that hard. It's not hard. No. We make it out to be like it's so complicated and write books on it and all sorts of. Gosh, yeah. I mean, books and webinars and all kinds of things. But I'm going to talk about why I don't feel like it is rocket science today. So, yeah. So why do we think that why is, is there seems like a perception? Cause like when you mentioned that to me, I was like, of course, everyone thinks it's like this impossible mission impossible, right? Like it's mm -hmm. impossible to solve, but not yep. really. Not really. Yeah. North star kind of stuff, but I broke it down four pieces mainly to help so that I don't ramble <laughs> on and on. <laughs> I feel like it's hard because relationships are hard though, kind of simply yeah. put. So, you know, I think the first thing to think about when making it, you know, super easy to think about sales and marketing alignment is just first and foremost, understanding each other. So sales team, marketing team um, need to align <laughs> on what it is they're both trying to accomplish. Yeah. Thank goodness though, that today a lot of sales teams and marketing teams are now both tied to revenue numbers. Yeah feels like that's still not even close to being where it needs to be, but at least a lot of teams are now kind of, you know, marching towards the same goal, but oftentimes they're not. And so, you know, I think the first thing that has to happen is that the teams need to understand each other's goals. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, whether that's in a more formal setting where you have meetings to share goals, whether it's you take your VP of marketing to coffee as a sales rep or a VP of sales to dig in, you know, what, what is everybody trying to accomplish? How does everybody get paid? <laughs> right. You know, sales, it's pretty easy to understand that, um, but not always. And then for marketing, you know, as a sales person and team understanding, you know, what the marketing team's really striving for and, and cares about often, you know, how you look at what your customers care about. Okay. Have you, have you been in meetings like that? Like, I know you, you've been at Sigster and other really cool places. Um, what's it like? What does it sound like when it's a good kind of meeting like that when it's productive. Yeah, I think it has to be a meeting that doesn't take three hours, certainly. I mean, there's some of those meetings I've sat in where it's like, 
okay, we're going to lay out our entire strategic plan so that you understand everything we're doing. I think the best of those meetings that I've participated in are the ones that make it really simple. Okay. Boiling it down like, hey, our team cares about leads. That's why we do the things that we do. Or our team cares about sales too. And here's how we measure that so that you know, you know, why we're doing the things we're doing and how we are. But I think keeping it as simple as you can, gosh, most people don't have that long of an attention span. I think salespeople in particular are known to, to have short attention spans there too. So I think, you know, if marketing is educating the sales team on what, what their goals are, you know, keeping it short and sweet and kind of the same. But again, I think sales goals have always been a little easier to understand. Yeah, they, they are. It's like straightforward. Well, tell me mm -hmm. from a sales perspective, like what kind of goals do you have as a rep, as a manager, sales? What, what is it like on the other side, on the dark side? On the dark side of sales. Um, right? Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. That'd be a good episode title, The Dark Side of Sales. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> That's Click what I feel. Bait. We could talk about that too. I feel like a lot of times that I am on the dark side, even though I don't, you know, I don't want to feel that way. But, yeah. um, but on the dark side, uh, you know, typically it's, there's one number that really matters and that's your, you know, your qu quota, which in a lot of cases can be annual. It can be quarterly. It can be monthly. So it kind of depends on the organization I've had. I've done monthly and I've done quarterly. I've never done, done annual. Um, and then oftentimes too, depending on the company, there are other aspects of that goal. Like um, I've been in hybrid ro roles where I'm also responsible for renewals and upsell opportunity. I've been in roles where I'm responsible to, for, um, you know, my own leads salespeople mm -hmm. always are, but it's been, you know, on paper where, Hey, if you set this many meetings, you get bonus based on that. Ooh. Okay. So, so, so there's a quarterly or a monthly, this is cool. Cause we don't, we don't really hear about the dark side. <laughs> we don't hear about the logistics and the numbers, but to your earlier point, knowing this is really helpful because sometimes I think in marketing, we're very much like the long play, you know, mm, like yeah. our, like SEO is, you know, you do some stuff now in a blog, it pays off maybe six months from now. Yeah. You know, and sales yeah. may not even be here if they don't hit their quota this quarter. Right. Or this month. For month. Yeah. Month. Month really tough. And to your point, you know, if you're a marketing leader that has never had a sales organization that's monthly driven, that's a very different culture and environment that you have to work in to yeah. support them because it's all about velocity. Like how do we get things to move a lot faster? So yeah, that's a great, great point. I always assume velocity. that people just know, oh, it's sales. You, you know, hit your number, but you know, that's why it is important to sit down and understand uh, both sides of the coin at the very you know beginning stages and it makes sense why there's that need for faster and velocity if it's like i have like three months to prove myself here i need yeah. like are you going to help me in the next three months or not like if you're not going to help me <laughs> in the next three months you're probably taking up time that i could be using to try to sell otherwise what's what are we doing like what are we doing mm -hmm. here? yeah Mark is like, hey, so, uh, you know, at the end of this year, we'll have this campaign and or we're going to spend the next three months prepping for this thing. It's like, I don't, that's not, we're in a different page then. So you got to got to be thinking, how can I help you right now mm -hmm. while still planning yeah. for the future stuff? Okay, cool. So understanding yep. each other, this is good. Um, that's number one. Do we, what's number two? So the second thing is having marketing sit in on sales calls. So really my time at Sigster, this is where I was first exposed to this and it's brilliant. How, how can marketing truly understand what sales needs if they aren't on the front lines listening to those calls? Now, some salespeople may cringe and be like, oh, I don't need, I don't want to be distracted on my calls. I don't need somebody else in the room. But now with all the technology we have, if you're recording on Chorus or Gong or Zoom, yeah. You know, now it's really easy to send call recordings to marketing. So, you know, if I didn't have somebody from the team, you know, sitting in the room, if I had a really great call or a really shitty call, <laughs> you know, I'd share those examples so they could understand, you know, the challenges that the sales team is faced with, um, things that are working well, you know, how we talk about, you know, certain resources we may send after, you know, first or second meeting, those kinds of things. 
you just can't, you can't get unless you do that. And, and then you also can't just do that one time and then say, okay, I get it now. And you can't do it with one rep. So I know that that makes it sound, you know, more difficult, like marketing's thinking, oh, geez, like I don't have time to sit in on all these calls. But again, now with technology, you can speed up the recording, you can get through things really quick. And, you know, I think the more the marketing team can do that, the better, you know, the better they can serve, serve sales. Um, And it seems like, you know, it seems when I'm sitting here, it's like, well, what a no brainer, but I don't know a lot of. You know, I've really only been one place where that's been the case. So, you know, if you're not doing that already, highly recommend. Yeah. You know, early in my career, I remember this was, we were in person too, just going in the room and listening as they dialed the number and, mm-hmm. Ooh, it's like, you're in a secret call, but you're in this, you're in the dark side call. You're what's going on <laughs> over here. And we should like, we should like Photoshop you into like a Darth Vader helmet or something. Um, Here, just let me change my background. Yeah. There's your new brand, right? Yeah. <laughs> Vader sales. Um, so oh. yeah, but I remember being like, this is exciting. This is cool. And then thankfully this was when I first got there. So it wasn't exactly my lead that I had sent over. Um, but the, they got the lead on the phone. And the first thing they said was like, who are you guys again? What do you do? <laughs> it was like, Oh, wow. So yeah, that's definitely not a qualified lead. That's not an anything lead. That's a, that's a warm body who picked up the phone. Um, and it was very clear that whatever system I'd inherited was like needed to change. And you can see why sales would be like, these people are useless. <laughs> like I could have gotten a warm voice on the phone. Right. Yeah. And it's helpful to hear that firsthand because yeah. of course, you know, the cliche is that sales is always griping about how the leads aren't good enough, right? The leads, the leads are good. Yeah. Mitch and Murray paid good money for these leads. <laughs> oh, leads are always great, right? Always, always good. You know. <laughs> yeah, like we need to be able to tell, we need to be able to give feedback when they are and they aren't. So that's why I like, yeah. you said a bunch of things all very, in a very short period of time, which was uh, recording the good ones and the bad ones right? Not just the good ones, not just the bad ones. Marketing, you stink and here's your bad lead. No, no, no. Tell me what a good lead sounds like, Mm -hmm. who they are, what their name is, so I can track their history down online and see where we got them from. We'll go get more of them. But then also, you know, what are the different resources we're offering on these calls? And then, yeah, what a great point. Listening to more than one call, more than one rep. So Mm -hmm. you're not just like picking one and then it's either the best rep or the worst rep or just one of the reps. And it's like, get a get a, a wide variety of experience to understand what's going on because the whole point is just trying to work together and help each other out absolutely and i think you know marketing may find stories they didn't know existed too yeah sales reps you know especially if you know from rep to rep everyone has different clients and experiences with those clients so there are golden nuggets in there too perhaps that marketing could be like hey you talked about abc corporation that had these where i didn't know about that would they be willing to do a case study you know, how do we make sure every rep is telling that story? Yeah. You know, those yeah. Things too. Treasure trove. So much that can be discovered there. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the best way to ask you that? Because obviously we just talked about how busy you are. So just a matter of, can you please record some stuff and send me what you like? Send me some good stuff. Send me some bad stuff. Well, yeah, that's a good question, Casey, because now you know, I've been in a situation where at, again, at six year, we record, we started recording everything. So everything was recorded. Yeah. So you had access no matter what to all of the things. Yeah. So without even having to go tap sales, you could just go pick a few, listen. Um, but then otherwise, you know, if not, you know, you could ask sales to send them. So I think the hardest part in this situation would be if there's not already a system or technology in place where people are recording calls, forget about all this, like start doing that too first because <laughs> we need to do that. Um, yeah. That technology is so incredibly valuable um, for enablement, for getting better, for coaching. What, just re- recording calls? Which yeah. technology? Um, I, I've worked with Chorus.ai, um, okay. briefly with Gong, even just you know starting with Zoom recordings, being yeah. able to but Chorus and Gong and those technologies, um, there's another one I've used too, I forget off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, they do transcriptions. They let you like, I mean, it's just really good to go back and 
you know, in terms of just getting better as a sales rep, yeah. listening to your own calls or having your manager do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then talk about the treasure trove that that opens up for marketing. So I would highly recommend, you know, if there's not already call recording happening, that should happen. Obviously that's not really on the marketer, um, the marketing leader, who's your typical listener, but more on the sales leader to put that in place. Um, and if you don't have that in place, then figuring out a way to allow, you know, for marketing to kind of sit as a silent fly on the wall. It's harder. Can they, these join, days. A, can they join a live call? Is that cool? Or does that mess with your mojo? Yeah. I mean, I, I have certainly done that. It's weird now with zoom. Cause then you're like, uh, oh, and then you've got Casey here on the zoom, you know, do you acknowledge that they're there? Do you not, you know, um, and what I do you recommend to that question? I think it's easy to say, Hey, I have my colleague Casey listening in, leave it cool. at that. That way they're not like, who's this other random person in, in zoom. Now that everything's happening on zoom, I think that that makes that a little different than it was before. Yeah. Um, but, like the, you know. there's like a, a waiter in training. Hi, this <laughs> yeah. is Casey. He's uh, he's learning <laughs> to take orders, you know? So yeah. now you got to ask if they want fries with that. Okay. And this is how we, but probably not being like, this is Casey from marketing. He's going to analyze our conversation. Yeah. Like, this is Casey, you know? Yeah. Hi. I don't think it's a big deal just to be okay. like, Hey, I have a colleague listening in today. I've done that plenty of times. Um, and back in the, you know, the old world where you'd have, you'd sit in an actual room, you know, conference room and do a call like oh, that's yeah. easy then yeah you know that's how it started lurk yeah uh, okay. got <laughs> it so lurker. that's money joining those sales calls for sure number two got it what's three uh three enablement on content or campaigns things that marketing is doing so putting that you know on on marketing but also, you know, sales, if marketing is trying to enable you on the amazing content they've put together, show up and, you know, learn about the content. So um, the, the team at, at Sixer did this really well. I remember back in my days too at Exact Target and Salesforce, they did this really well, where if you had, if there was a white paper or case study or ebook or whatever, there would be a quick session on all the information you needed to know about how to use that resource. Right. So, you know, once let's say you've aligned, now you have this content that's been created as part of this, this partnership, it's, you know, it's important to make sure that, you know, the people who are using it, sales are equipped to use it well. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's also sales responsibility to, to be, to get enabled um, because, you know, you've, likely ask for this or you likely need it um, given the reason it was created. So um, I think enablement is key to success of, you know, making sure again, everyone's on the same page. Everyone knows what everything is and what it's for. Yeah. And again, may sound hard. I really, you know, it's simple. Just have a quick session. It can be recorded so that that way, if not everybody, you know, on the team comes, it's like here, make sure that if you want to know everything there is to know about this case study, like the quick talking points, here, here it is. Make sure you use it so that you can get the most out of these resources we've created. My question for you, this and the challenge around here, what maybe makes it hard and I love the answer is how do we bring the camels to the oasis? How do we bring the, the horses to water and get them to drink? Um, specifically, uh, you mentioned like sales, come on. Like if, you, if you're, you're going to try to enable you, let them enable you. But mm -hmm. from a marketer's perspective, what are the kind of approaches that you have felt worked well with you like if i was trying to get you to use this content mm -hmm. what do you what do you recommend i mean from my perspective it's in being involved in the conversation from the beginning like okay. from the idea stage and you know i'm not saying that as a marketer you always have to have sales blessing on everything yeah but that's kind of the point of this alignment right is that yeah. you're creating things that sales needs to drive the business forward okay and so you're going to, I will use something that I need. <laughs> like it's that easy. Right. So just making sure that, you know, from the beginning, you do have not all the input. You don't need all the cooks in the kitchen. Some people are probably thinking, Oh dear God, if I had to go ask sales for like all their input, I would, it would take me forever to get anything done, which right. is totally, totally true and totally fair. However, you know, if, if it's something that is going to add value to the process because of you know, you understand what sales needs and is looking for, you've been on the calls, you know why it adds value. I mean, it should then be easy enough for then sales to want to use it. Gotcha. Okay. And if they're not going to use it, then, 
you know, you can't make, I mean, everybody knows this. You can't make everybody happy. You can't make something that every single person is going to use. Everybody also has different styles on, Mm. you know, I mean, I think a lot about sales and marketing alignment, you know, not as much on the lead side as I really think about it all the way through like the, the sales process and, and funnel, like help me add value throughout the entire process. It's been a while since I've been like really close to like lead qualification and things like that. Um, Okay. But. I think that ties into as well. If you were listening in on the calls, we actually maybe are more likely to create content that they do want. Mm-hmm. Um, like, is it just enough to create a case study? Cause I guess maybe there's things that you need that you don't know that you need to ask for or something. Maybe we can hear that on a call. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes, you know, I could see presenting a case study and being immediately asked for another case study, Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. well, this one. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Or yeah. I mean, sitting on the call and realizing too, I mean, with things like slide decks, like, gosh, I saw Allie give this presentation and it was really missing. I realized we could really use this, a visual to help better articulate that story or problem or, you know, whatever that might be too. Yeah. Better articulate that. That's cool. And again, back to the observation, but then creating things that they actually need to use and then big bar of steel to get them to actually use it. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Sweet. But the good ones will, right? The good ones will will and should. Yes. I like that. A little twist on it. Well, we know that the reps that are going to be staying are going to use this content. <laughs> we so. know the ones that are going to close deals are the ones that use our stuff the most. So. Yeah. Coffee are for the ones using these white papers. Everybody yeah. else, you get water. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, okay, sweet. Yeah. So that, I think it's three, right? That's In, three. There's yeah. four total, four core areas. So what's the, the fourth and final one? Well, marketers are all about, you know, test, learn, iterate right like same same thing in this process right yeah um what's working well getting the feedback on you know how people are responding to what marketing is doing um what things are working really well um you know show appreciation too i think is one thing um and that's not for marketing that's for sales like if something marketing has created you know works really well let them know buy them some booze. Like, Hey, you helped me close this. This added so much value in my process. I couldn't have done it without you. You know, there's been times where, you know, I've partnered with marketing on some really cool campaigns or direct mail stuff for the, you know, for a big deal. Like, Hey, let's send them something really freaking cool, but then don't just leave marketing hanging. Like, let them know what happens. I think that that's really nice. And I realize I talk a lot to salespeople because that's what I am. Um, but, you know, for, for marketing, you know, if you don't get that feedback from sales, ask for it, you know, cause it's not necessarily in our nature to, to do that. Right. It's like close yeah. one deal onto the next one, close, you know, you're just kind of laser focused, but if you're not getting that feedback, ask sales, what is working? What is the most, you know, valuable content we've put out this right. quarter and why, um, right. what's resonating, what's not like, and why isn't it resonating? Like constantly getting that feedback so that as the process continues, you know, it can get better and better. Um, what do you think about, like, I, I wonder about just continuing, I don't know if you can perceive this, but like we have a paper on ABM, we put it out there, maybe a little meeting to talk about it. Here's this cool thing. It's really cool mm-hmm. content. Do I remind you like three months later, remind you like a week later, can I like harass you about this doc or does that just piss you off? It doesn't piss me off. Okay. I mean, I would say there's so many distractions now more than ever. Like it is fine. Like same way as I think about being a salesperson, right? Following up with a prospect or a customer. It's like, God, you have to, because they get, you know, there's so much noise. I feel like persistence is key on both sides there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I have a question for for you, Casey. Do you agree with kind of what I've outlined. No, I, I feel like part disagree. of it is like, does it make it completely sound even disagree. harder All than I meant it to? No, they're great. <laughs> what are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? Um, you know, it. so I've had a chance to just do a little bit of sales. Um, I thought it was like super fun, um, probably because I was just dabbling. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've enjoyed that aspect as well. And I think that the more 
marketers can do some sales, even on the side, go sell candy bars, go sell something. Maybe not, you know, maybe not an MLM scheme, but something, oh, yeah, you not. know, um, don't, don't, <laughs> let's just burn your network people. Don't use those. But like, yeah. just, just practice selling. I had a chance to practice selling um, tuxedos at bridal shows. Um, wow. Yeah. I, a friend had this company that rented tuxedos. And so they're like, we need a tuxedo model. So I was like, oh, that sounds cool. So what that meant though, is like, here, we put you in a tux and you stand in this trade show and they, they open the door and all these brides come streaming, screaming in to like find venues and cakes and photographers. Mm-hmm. And I've been to one of those. You've been, mm-hmm. I've been yeah. to too many of those. Like Jesus, yeah. I've been to a lot <laughs> and you just hope that there's like cake samples somewhere for you to like mm-hmm. eat. Um, but yeah, so I'm standing there and they're, they, they're walking by and I'm like, Hey, do you have the, yeah, you, know, you have the penguin suit already picked out for the guy. Cause usually it's the women at this event. Sometimes there are dudes there. And by the way, I always felt like if the guy had a ball cap on, like if he had a baseball hat on totally, I got him. They're <laughs> working together. <laughs> Qualified lead right there. Yeah. And, and normally that he's quiet and he's just like, whatever she wants, let's go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I had a chance to just, it was like, man, it was just in the, you're just in the mix. And one of the things was we, it wasn't just giving it, giving them a brochure. We wanted them to come by the store. And so, um, and all the other tux companies didn't do this, but what we did is, um, in order to get all these discounts, cause we would give them a free tux for you and free for your friend and discount and all these other things and free this, free that it's because we're at a trade show and we're competing. If you just came by the store, you wouldn't get that. So because of this, um, what we need to do to get all these things, lock it in, right. Is I need a totally refundable deposit of like $10, um, or 15, I think it was 10 or 10 or 15. Right. And you would think it was like pulling teeth, but what it did, the guy was smart. The guy was smart because all the other vendors had the, had the list of attendees. So you already had a net list of people. He wanted people that were actually interested. Um, and so, the only people that were interested were the ones who were willing to fork that over or like mom was there. She'd be like, Oh yeah, here, honey, I'll pay. And I was like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but it was one of those things where I learned very quickly and I'm not selling anything dramatic. It was like $10. And it's, it's refundable. If you didn't come to the store, you don't want it. You just get your money back, but it got people to come to the store, right. To get it back. And so brilliant, learned some great marketing, but then I also learned some just basic sales. I spent too much time with people that were no's. They're like, no, we're not interested. And you still chat with them about their wedding or you chat with them. No, 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 not interested. Awesome. Enjoy the show. There's cake over down that way. (laughs) Enjoy guys. Have a great day. Right. Cause you're wasting your time. Like it's like, if they're a no, you're not going to try to twist their arm into it. Like just go with people that, you know, and, and there's times where you, but you got to experience that, like the thrill of it. So the reason mm-hmm. I bring this up is, is because um, there was a little incentive, right? In marketing, we don't usually have those. Or maybe we're not even wired that way. I don't know. Maybe we are. But it, for this trade show thing, every customer you signed up, like the first five, you got $3 for each one. Then after that, you got $5 for each one. Mm-hmm. And if you, there's like five other people in that booth. If you were the top person, you got $50 in cash. In my very first show, I didn't know anything, but I, I, I was, I was the top guy. And so they, they, they came over to me and handed me all this cash. It was like, I don't know, $80 in cash. I like never carry cash. So I felt like I just been like a, a dancer somewhere or something like, how do I have all this cash? <laughs> um, this is amazing. Like, and so there's, there's those things that you can totally learn about as a marketer that sales loves these games. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. competition, but it's, you know, some people, they showed up you know if you didn't convert anyone didn't convert anyone um and so there's like there's pressure and there's stress and there'd be things i don't know if you can i'll stop talking and say but like um there would be things where you'd get a a bunch of people saying no at the start um and and you have to deal with that and then the owner would be kind of like coaching us and joking with us um sometimes it was getting desperate he'd buy us a drink at the bar you know, and a little rum and coke to kind of whatever the guy wanted. Just like, it's not you. It's this. Don't worry. When it rains, it pours. You'll be fine. Keep going. And then eventually it would click. You'd get one or two and three and it would kind of snowball. Um, but it was all the emotional highs and lows that don't necessarily happen in marketing because it's like more of a science experiment where you're in a lab 
tweaking some things here and there. And you're not really part of that gong being rung or the bell or the cash floating down because you're sort of tweaking the long-term vision. So it's just a different culture. So I could see how there'd be a lot of miscommunication, but there's so much fun to be had in the sales side. So much fun. Why didn't you stay in sales? Got a taste. Got a, got a taste. Sounds like a pretty good taste, cash in hand. Like Yeah. Well, I, I did that job for a long time. It was, it was on the side. It was just, it was cool. I just, it also, it was fun because you'd get your favorite tuxedo. Like, yeah, let me get the, uh, the Calvin Klein <laughs> chocolate with the three button notch, you know, and you'd have your thing and you'd show up and, um, and they'd always bring in another person who was really good to compete with me just to make it harder for me. And yeah. so that we would go against each other. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So yeah, I mean, and I've had a chance to do sales for the, you know, for Cheshire Impact and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing like, you know, bridal shows just down and in there. And yeah, that's pretty intense. Yeah, totally. <laughs> have you done anything in marketing? You know, I, I have because of the community stuff that you mentioned oh, yeah. at the onset, which we'll probably get into later, but I have, I run digital marketing for a couple organizations, um, which has been a great learning experience kind of alongside my sales career, because it helps me appreciate a little bit. I don't pretend to be an expert by any means. There's still a lot of things that I haven't done or not an expert on, but it's helped me, you know, have an appreciation for, for marketing, certainly. And I like, I like marketing a lot. You gonna, you gonna stay in it? Huh? Want to switch jobs? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but have you had a chance to see how it, like the conversion points or we got a prospect and that's cool. Send them over to sales. That's cool. But it's, you don't, you're not closing anyone, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's different. You don't have, you don't have the hunt right. kind of thing. It's like more of like a global mechanized hunt at scale, but, but not, you don't quite feel the, feel the thing uh, of it converting though. One time I was doing more of a B2C thing and, and we had a, an app where if the shopping cart, um, if they wanted to chat with us and they had questions in the chat so they could chat with us, Oh, I have a question about shipping or this and that. We'd answer, I'd answer it. And if the person you chatted with converted later, it'd be like a cash register. It was like, cha-ching. Just <laughs> yeah. so you knew that like they actually purchased afterward. But otherwise that was probably the only time I ever had sort of an audible note that someone I brought in had, had closed the deal. I wonder if you could like give mm. marketers a little speaker box that every time one of their leads purchased from sales, it was like, what? You, you did it, you know? Yeah. Let me kind of cool nap. Yeah, we used to have um, emails triggered to send to whoever, right? Like when a deal went, yeah, closed one, which, you know, it depends on the, you know, how many deals and the deal volume at the organization, right? Because if you're closing yeah. tons of deals, you may not remember, oh, that was, you know, a lead generated from X trade show. But in a lot of cases, you know, marketing is tracking a lot of that. And so they can see, oh yeah, that was from, you know, X event. Yeah. Awesome. Glad that that... <laughs> paid for the booth <laughs> yeah pay so. for the booth or we did some ppc ads and that yep. ended up but you can see how like an email versus like a gong or like the totally bell, oh yeah you know that's totally. why this is so hard it's so hard not being in an office environment because there's nothing like like gathering for around yeah, and for sales. literally ringing a gong or popping champagne it's the not joke the was same always, by yourself <laughs> well the, the joke was always that like marketing would go to bed at like nine and sales would go to bed at, like 9 a.m <laughs> you ever was that ever the case did you did you see that too or was it just kind of like a myth as well i mean in my first my first sales job was at exact target okay. which then was acquired by salesforce is now salesforce marketing cloud um but we would stay yeah there were end of quarters where you'd be in the office till i don't know midnight drinking eating pizza like maybe it wasn't yeah. your deal that was you know you were waiting yeah. on but the whole team <laughs> the whole team was there just to like for moral support yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, marketing probably went home at, you know, five or whenever they normally went home, right? right? They're like, okay, like that's right. what sales does. Right. Right. Um, but that was part of, that's part of the, the fun. It is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's hard. And now like in this season of life, like the idea of staying in an office till midnight eating pizza is difficult to, to, you know, to think about, but <laughs> yeah, you got a kid, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got a dog which you could see if you were got a dog video. <laughs> perfectly behaved in the video yep and for those listening he this dog is in the background photo and has been staring perfectly 
perfect sit position with his most astute head tilt. And um, is that is that your actual dog? It is my actual dog. Yeah. What's his name? He's a gold, golden Doodle Doug. You said Doug. Yep. D U G. Cool yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Doug. Doug the dog. Doug the dog. Well, that's easy. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Sweet. So, um, well, yeah. I mean, this is cool. We've gone through. I really just like the fact that we've just been had a chance to just talk about the different cultures of sales and marketing, because I think back to your very first point about understanding each other, kind of like the whole, you know, those books of like men are from Mars and women are from Venus or whatever it is. It's like, it, it's not the exact same. They're different cultures. And so that can mm -hmm. explain a lot of why you're like, wow, these salespeople are barbarians or no, they're, they, they're working really hard and they're partying. And they also, there's, they're thinking about rejection. Like I brought up a little bit of like, Bridezilla's mm -hmm. telling me no. Um, yeah. and, uh, and you just got to get over that. But you don't really have no a lot in marketing. No is like no one clicked in your email. It happens <laughs> or doesn't, no one showed up to your webinar, but it's, it's not as visceral because they're not staring at you, mm -hmm. you know, or yeah. talking on the phone. Yep. How do you deal with that? True. Are you just tough? You know, early on in my, yeah, I'm so tough. <laughs> no, sometimes it's, oh, that's, no is hard, really hard. Um, yeah. But early in my career, um, there's a thought leader by the name of Todd Capone. He was also at Exact Target, um, and he told a story that I'll never forget, where he used to have his team count the number of times they got a no, and this was specific to like to cold calling, right? So how many times did you get hung up on? How many times did you have people scream at you? But like rewarding that kind of stuff, like hey, the first yeah. person to get a hundred like get hung up on a hundred times wins, <laughs> right? To like, try to that's exciting. make it less, you know, okay, so great. I'm going to get hung up on. That's going to happen. It's, it's just how it goes. And so great. If I can get to the first, you know, 20 hangups, then I win a pizza. I don't know. But I, I like the idea of that where it's like, you have to, you know, not celebrate the no's necessarily, but they come with the territory. And I think it's always a learning opportunity. That's yes. for sure. And certainly some are harder than others. And to your point about spending time with people, you knew, you know, it's like, no, you have to get to a no fast is what we always say too. It's like, so whether that's on the marketing side, right. Where you're disqualifying leads or it's on the sales side where it's like, okay, you have to, you have to get to that. No, as quickly as possible so that you're not wasting your time on something that will ultimately be a no. And then you've wasted all of that time. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah the yeah. Get to know quickly. Just find out where they're at. Um, versus trying to badger them, bully right. them into uh, yeah. changing their mind. Yeah. yeah. Although it's been, it's hard because in my career, I've spent a lot of time at startups in particular. So smaller companies that are trying just to figure it out. What's mm -hmm. the narrative? What's the problem we're solving? Which is what I have, I love that type of environment yeah. to be an evangelist versus somebody who's like, hey, you could choose from these five different systems. This is why ours is the best. I liked you know, the idea that, hey, this is something that you haven't thought about. This is a new way of doing this, or this is a new type of technology. Um, so, you know, that adds a whole nother layer to this entire conversation about right. what's working, what's not, what do we need? Um, because there's a whole different dynamic there of just trying to figure out the entire business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Selling the, the challenge, the upstart, the, you know, messing with the status quo like, oh yeah mm -hmm. you can, go, you can right. go to mcdonald's but yeah yeah you get what you pay for yeah wow <laughs> yeah. what do you see what, what kind of changes good. do you see what's that i said mcdonald's sounds good doesn't it yeah because i just talked to wendy's the other day mm. uh brandon Ooh. roten his episode just came out but he was the vp of marketing at um wendy's when they did the sarcastic wendy's um, do you remember that did you ever hear about that i i don't i don't know but i love everything they do Okay. Yeah. Don't no, remember that it, in particular. You should, um, you should look it up. It's called, um, sir, I guess, you know, when they just listen to that episode, it'd be like, we just heard about it. But <laughs> if you, <t> <laughs> if you Google, um, Wendy's Twitter, uh, Twitter, let's see here. 
um oh snarky wendy's twitter i think is what i usually do. okay yes then i'm familiar i didn't know if it was like a specific campaign i love wendy's twitter whoever yeah the team that, that was this that guy that was brandon that was brandon oh good i'm gonna have to listen to his episode totally yeah but it was it was on purpose it wasn't just to be silly it was like mm -hmm. they're the challenger and they wanted to say look we're fresh never frozen you want frozen stupid shit go to mcdonald's <laughs> yeah, you know go ahead <laughs> mcdonald's unless you want to sponsor the podcast in which case you know great burgers at mcdonald's <laughs> um yeah wouldn't that be funny they call me up we'd like to sponsor you just stop dragging on us please yeah um like no problem but yeah yeah so right. it's it's yeah wendy's mcdonald's everyone's hungry now we got them all um mm -hmm. what are you looking at what's the future look like for you um what kind of things are happening in the business world personal world what's what's got you excited for the future well you changed that question on me a little bit did i yeah i'm excited about i have a few thoughts on the, the future in general for me it's a it's a strange time a really exciting time in my career and in my personal life um, part of the reason why McDonald's sounds so good is you can't tell on the Zoom or the video, and probably not by my voice, but I'm I'm pregnant. Hey, <laughs> so with my second daughter, our second daughter, um, in May um, of 2021, and so I get really excited when I think about the future, just for my kids. Yeah. Now it's also terrifying too, but I get excited just to think about watching all the things that our daughter is going to do next, like having yeah. this next baby, and like going through all that, like. That's that's what I'm excited about in the future, at least from a you know that's personal. Awesome. Yeah, standpoint. congrats, uh, totally. Thank you. Um, which kind of lends itself to professionally, I'm actually taking time off for the first time in my career, or really the first time since I was of legal working age at age 15 of not you know not working. Um, so I'm taking time off until May to figure out kind of what's next for me. And also putting my energy into things that I really, really love, like community, like making a difference. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to see what this time holds for me and can help me, you know, realize, um, you know, throughout this, this year, it'll certainly be different becoming a mother of two instead of one. Mm. Little, uh, Have you got any advice on that yet? Yeah. Bring it on, Casey. <laughs> you know no you haven't got any advice on that <laughs> i mean unsolicited advice that i've been like yeah yeah i get it it's hard <laughs> wait oh yeah yeah right where you're like you know people you know yeah. i don't know take it one day at a time probably is the yeah. best advice or it's but, always a phase it's always been advice that oh, sure. i sure sure well with the first fun. one you always get the horror stories so my advice was the first one was always like it's not as bad as people try to make it dramatic and make it sound mm -hmm. but the second one no, I'm just kidding. No. But the segment's worse and the segment's yeah. worse. You know, um, I will say, yeah, it does kind of feel like a multiplication of like effort. So it's not just like one plus one, it's like one times one, but I guess that's even less. But it's like, <laughs> it's like it feels like it's more than two. Um, but at the same time, it's almost like you you've kind of you've you're not as surprised, you know? So like, mm -hmm. I already have my favorite app timer for contractions. Like you, you oh, just kind of have your thing figured out, right? Or just, you know, where the hospital mm. is, what the deal yeah. is. And, and guys only get one meal at the hospital. You're going to figure it out. Anyways, all the silly things. But, but when it comes to like changing, I remember like there used to be like a changing mat. And if we had a changing table, but eventually with, with the second one, you're like on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a blanket wherever i can um and so you becomes more practical you get you get if you get good at it you know and you realize mm -hmm. hey this is something we we got it we got it the first time you're just like eyes like spooked but then the second time you're like yeah, it's cool we got this thing so it'll be it'll be great and then they get to when the it's really fun when they start talking to each other or just playing oh, with each other you know yeah. and later on when you're really tired and busy when they're like entertaining each other and you're like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. That'll be the day. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Doug doesn't carry his weight there. The dog. He doesn't, not my no, husband. Doug the, Doug the dog. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't expect much. I mean, he just literally stands there. So yeah, they've started him and, and our daughter now have started, finally started kind of playing together where she knows how to throw his toy. He doesn't that's like cool. tackle her. So that's, that's good. But yeah, oh, I feel like good. she'll be almost four when this baby's born. And so that's, I feel like I forget a lot. But, you know, a lot of people have said what you said, Casey, which is just like, it. you know, you know what you're doing this time a lot more than you did the first. So it'll totally. be fine. I'm a lot less 
anxious about it really it's just i'm ready to be done done being pregnant totally so. and get some mcdonald's or wendy's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh green screen uh, oh you got one of those big ones oh yeah i got one too but i can't get it to stick to my chair um, mm. yeah so instead i have this well, you just gotta tweet at zoom launch. they sent me a legit one um really but then i had it in the office i don't have it anymore sadly but okay um yeah i had a green screen before before uh we were all living at home and living at work i should say yeah so. those cool backgrounds yeah it's way too my much laptop time. just can't handle it's like no please dad don't make me do a background <laughs> <laughs> i don't have to think that much um yeah oh no but that's that's awesome but has it been challenging because you've been working since you've been 15 so is it is it weird i mean it's it's great. You certainly earned it, but to take a, take a step back. At first it was a little weird. It's mainly weird talking about it or like oh, yeah. people are reach out and, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm actually not there anymore. I'm not They're like, well, what are you doing? Um, oh, but for me, I am, yeah. I am always, I always want to be doing something. I am yeah. always so incredibly, you know, busy. I have my hands in a bunch of things. Like I've always kind of been that way. So even though I don't, technically have a day job I'm still doing a million things my husband yeah. Zach will joke with me some days where he's like you're busier than me today like how is that possible you don't have That's a totally job possible. yeah but um Kids you know and our daughter sure. still goes to to school now so but nice. I am um you know still running a couple of different organizations I just joined a board of an organization for the first time yeah um getting crafty and making stuff like it's it's the coolest. I, you know, I feel really fortunate and lucky to be able to take this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. As you, as you should, but this just makes me wonder like, who are you? Can, can you take me <laughs> back in time to like little you days? Um, did you all always know like, Hey, I'm going to be crushing sales on podcasts, kind of a family, all these things. Like what was it like growing up? Where'd you grow up? What was it like? Yeah. So I, um, I was born in Denver, Colorado. Nice. Wish I still live there some days. That's for sure. Oh, um, nice. my parents are originally from, from Indy, which Indy, um, Indianapolis, um, which is where I am. I'm from. Um, but I was born out there and they moved back here when I was, um, when I was about four, um, my parents went out there and they started a company. So okay. one thing that people should know about me that a lot of people don't know because I don't broadcast it often is that I'm, I'm the daughter of a couple of tech entrepreneurs. My parents, my mother actually started a company and out of their, not garage, probably like a living room floor um, in Denver. And my dad, um, after I think, I don't know how long it was where he quit his job at IBM and joined her and they had a business for 20 years that they then sold when I was in high school. Wow, so what that kind of a business a, was it? Um, it was a um, it was a software company. No kidding. Um, shocking, I know. <laughs> since that's did they have you doing sales at like fourteen? Like right, exactly. I did work there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it was a so it was a software company. They sold software to banks to help them make better lending decisions. My mom had the idea when she worked at a bank. Um, mm. saw a problem, wanted to solve it. Taught herself how to code. That's awesome. So you know talk about big shoes to fill, first of all, <laughs> um, yeah. in my parents, but, um, it like that kind of, you know, that paved the way for me. We had, I don't know how many computers in my house growing up. I was constantly, you know, playing games or on a computer or whatever. So I have been, you know, born, I was born a tech nerd. Right. And so I think once people know that they can see why <laughs> I've now been in technology, um, it's just kind of, in my blood um yeah geez that's cool yeah. do you remember like were they all was it all consuming too do you remember growing up and it was just all what was it what was the app called what was the so their company was called baker hill okay which was the um it was joining of both of their names my mom's maiden name was baker and then my dad's last name is hill so that's, that's a cool name. name for an app for software baker hill that's cool. baker hill and it was also a much nicer last name than brett knocker <laughs> oh, <laughs> i love my husband yeah very much. Um, Sorry, so <laughs> yeah. Um, so Baker Hill, um, was the name. Yeah. I mean, it was, I remember it being all consuming, but not in a way where it was like, Oh, my parents were never around. Like my right. dad coached my soccer teams. My mom was on the PTA. Gotcha. Like they still were 
were in it um, yeah. as I was growing up. Um, were they like and- servers at home and stuff, or did they eventually get that to like? Gosh, I don't remember home? that those okay. early days. Like by oh, the okay, time okay. that I could remember things, like they had an office space. We okay. were back in Indiana. Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember my dad would be like Santa Claus at the Christmas party every year. My mom would be the elf. I mean, just this wow, the most amazing um, experience to have really as a, you know, as an aspiring entrepreneur, I'd, I'd love to have a business someday. Yeah. Um, and so that's really what, that's what got me started in sales. I don't have a really cool sales story where it was like, Hey, yeah, I got a paper route when I was like, seven. <laughs> like right. I do remember like, you know, lemonade stands and things like that as a kid. Um, but I really didn't get into sales until after college and after, even after my first job. So, but I remember, you know, it was really the advice of my dad in particular, who he had been in sales for his career. Um, he, you know, he said, you're always going to be selling, you know, no matter what it is that you're going to do, if you want to have a company, you're going to be selling yourself, you're going to be selling your idea, you know, so you have to, um, you know, you have to learn how to sell. So yeah. that's, that's what then started my journey into sales. And then I, you know, <laughs> 10 years later or so. <laughs> um, how true yeah. though, right? You're always gonna be selling. Why not get paid for it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I just thought, I thought I would take, you know, a sales job and like learn about it and then be like, okay, cool. Now I know about that. What else can I learn about? But I really did enjoy, I just came to really enjoy selling. Um, well, it's it, smart. Like smart. You it. tried, tried it out and it stuck and you yeah. kept going. Um, hypothetical question for you. Okay. I may or may not have a time machine in Nashua, New Hampshire that you could use after COVID. So you come, come hang out, get some lobster and then you can use a time <laughs> machine. You, you go back in time and you get to meet yourself after you graduated from college. You just got out of college. You get to meet yourself. What would you tell that alley what would you tell her what kind of advice would you give her knowing all the things you've been through and seen and done and tried gosh if i could go back in time and talk to myself right out of school yeah the thing i would focus the most on is confidence the the whole idea of imposter syndrome thank god we talk about that now openly because you know when I graduated from college and really a majority of my career, it was just like, you know, this, this idea of I'm not good enough, you know, imposter syndrome and, you know, all of those things still, still struggle with that. And so if I could go back, you know, I would just, I would really, I would shake myself and be like, listen, you are so much smarter than you think or know you're right. You have great ideas, like speak up more, you know, believe in yourself. Every, nobody else knows what the hell they're doing. <laughs> so, you know, I think that would be kind of the mantra and the advice that I would give to my younger self um, in hopes that it would help um, instill that in me sooner. You know, I feel like now that I've um, matured or had more experience or gotten older, you know, um, that it's, you know, I, I feel that more, but that's the advice that I would give. Yeah. That's powerful. And, and I had to laugh inside about the, no one else knows what the hell they're doing either. And, it, yeah. and at first I was thinking yeah, in college, that's true, but it really is kind of true. You know, as you meet other people, like, we're all just trying to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Then the people that have it figured out probably don't have it figured out and no. they just don't know enough to think about it. But yeah, even just thinking about, yeah, not really sure what this is, but we're just going to go for it. Or do you try your advice and, just giving yourself kudos and props. You're smarter than you think. Step up, you know, you mm-hmm. got this. Yeah, totally. 100%. Well, at this point, I got to bring up that topic. I know you run marathons. I know you're just, you're getting after it. Even during COVID, you had your own marathon, um, Peloton. You're doing the bike thing. Yeah. Tell me about it. You're into it like hardcore. We could make an entire episode on this. And Let's I can't wait it. to hear your Peloton story, Casey, you promised me. But um, yeah, in COVID, um, I, a couple of guys that I know, one, I've only, I've only met one in person once, um, similar to our relationship, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> hey. And um, we started this, um, this organization called Ride and Raise. And 
and the reason we did is because so many of us were thankfully, you know, already proud owners of Pelotons, obsessed with this fitness community. Um, and it, you know, we, we use it as a way to bring, bring people together. Mm -hmm. So I have had a Peloton bike for, it'll probably be, it'll be two years, maybe in March. I should have thought about that. Um, so certainly before the giant, um, demand has hit, but, um, you know, I've always been into fitness in general mm -hmm. and, I, I have always liked spin class actually as well. And so when my husband suggested the idea of getting a bike at our house, I was kind of like, all right, that sounds kind of cool. Skeptical that they could actually replicate the experience of being totally. in a studio at your house. Totally. But man, I am like all in drinking the Kool-Aid. Like our Peloton room is outstanding. I was featured on their Instagram once. No big what? deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now I've used it as this, you know, way to build a sub community of people who also love Peloton or now love just fitness in general. Um, and so we, we have this organization called Ride and Raise where we do a monthly event uh, with a nonprofit partner and it involves Peloton, but now it's open to anybody who wants to join or donate. Um, there's an activity challenge, which I, wow. you know, as a competitive person, I try not to win my own events, but it's kind of hard. <laughs> it's hard not to sometimes. Hard not yeah. to. Thankfully, it's not about output on the bike, which is, you know, the combination of of speed and resistance. Um, yeah. Because now as a pregnant athlete, it's a little difficult to be at the top of the leaderboard, which I wasn't anyway. Who are we kidding? But sure. Yeah, I could. I'm sorry. I've rambled now. I could go on. No, that's awesome. Forever. It's good to, good to hear your story. I know Ride and Raise, is there a website for that? Can you just anyone check There is. Um, it is rideandraise.org. Cool. And also so ride you and spell out and? Is it like ride yeah. and A-N-D? Rideandraise.org. You got so, that? Yeah. Wow. Our next event, well, I don't know when this podcast goes live. Our next event starts um, February 6th. Um, but cool. typically our events will start like the second Saturday of the month. And then okay. there's that two-week challenge and then we end the event with a live ride and we actually it's weird but we get on zoom <laughs> for people who want to join um we have our nonprofit partner join the zoom and kind of tell their story and then you know we all mute and can all see each other it's really fun actually um that part of it i love um That's you cool. know again in these times where you're not really seeing a lot of people it's fun to be able to continue that connection so mm -hmm. can anyone do this like because people are listening from all over the U.S. and all over the world, really. Yeah, we've actually, we've had people from um, from Europe join in. So, and you don't have to have a Peloton either. Um, we have an app partner called Kilter now, where okay. um, you could literally go for a walk or do yoga or meditation. And that count counts towards an activity. So um, anybody who wants to, you know, have an excuse to be active. And then, you know, Kilter's, Kilter's mantra is uh, donate your hustle. So... Oh man, I love that. I know, me too, so much. So donate your hustle. It's been, it's been fun. Shit, that's awesome. That's really cool. I love that kind of stuff. Um, so my background, because I'm, I'm looking for your advice. Ooh, uh, my, okay. my background is, um, it was probably last year. About the same time, I realized, okay, I need to work on like quad strength. I want to climb more mountains. Cycling's great. I need to do more of that. And then I was like, I also got to make sure I have overall body strength. Hit would be fantastic too. And I was like, but I am flexible as a board. So I could totally use some yeah. yoga. And then I found this thing called Spenga. Have you heard of Spenga? Oh, I've heard you talk about Spenga or yeah. tweet about it. Yes. I recently was invited. There's one close to my house that I, somebody is trying to get me to go, go try it. So I've heard of it. Totally go try it. I haven't been doing it because of COVID. Um, yeah. But all of last year, all through the wintertime, that was my wintertime thing. And I would go to like two, two a day in the morning sometimes um, because it was cool. It'd be 20 minute, 20 minute spin, 20 minute hit, 20 minute yoga. Just about when you're like tired of doing it, it was like mm -hmm. on to the next thing. Um, yep. And it was awesome. And then they had some competitive things like every class you went to, you got a little sticker and you could put it up mm -hmm. on the chart. You know, um, I may have won a few contests there, but it was just, it, it was cool. Community people you know and working yeah. out put me with people and i can't wait to work out by myself in my basement with some weights it's just like ugh, right so yeah. um 
not doing it because of uh, the COVID lately. So it's like Peloton. So I yeah. bought one. It's coming in February. Right? Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. So, and I've been looking up things, but I want any kind of advice for me and other people maybe are looking to get into it. And what's oh, yeah. Your yeah. So I have a blog post on that. I have a website nice. of my own. I don't we have link any blog too. posts. We can link to this post. Yeah. But there is a post on there called All Things Peloton because when I swear, Casey, I've sold more Peloton bikes than I've sold software in 2020. Like, <laughs> it's a joke because I, you know, thankfully did sell more software than bikes, but you really think? a lot of people would come and ask me about, um, about Peloton. So yeah. there's a blog post, my, my website's Allie T. Brett. Um, so my shortened last name. And, um, so there's some advice on there, but I would say, you know, it, it doesn't completely replace the experience of being in a physical gym, obviously. Right. right, right. But it does a pretty damn good job. Um, and one of the things you're buying as cliche as it sounds, is the community. Um, when my husband and I first, we have the bike and the tread. When we first got the bike, we thought about getting competitive, like one of their, like an echelon or like one of the other ones. And, you know, I really was like, I think that when you get the Peloton, I think the community is a big piece of that. And wow, has that become true? Because not just because of what we're doing with Ride and Raise, but because like a lot of my friends have them, like and yeah. acquaintances. And so it might sound weird, but you can like, you know, you schedule a time and you're like, Hey, do you want to ride at three o'clock this afternoon? Let's pick a class and we'll jump in there together. And then you can see each other on the leaderboard and like compete against each other. You can high five each other. You can video chat, which is weird. Um, but I mean, it, there really is that sense of camaraderie and community and it'll also hold you accountable if you use the community. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they have, world-class instructors, right? Cause it's literally like the best instructors on the face of the earth are the ones you get to have class with. Um, and one thing you would like Casey, if you like Spanga is they just launched a new feature um, called stacking where you can stack your classes. So you could say, I'm gonna do this 20 minute spin. I'm gonna then do this 20 minute strength. Then I'm gonna do this yoga class. And it That's like, cool. it'll allow you to do that. Um, wow. But I have uh, linked to my favorite instructors, um, some of my favorite classes I talk about on the blog post, just because, you know, people would be like, Hey, I just got a Peloton, like which classes. And I'm like, Oh gosh, I've typed this up so many times. I know. Right. You need a blog um, post for it. Yeah. And you I need a blog one, post. Though. So I actually did that, Smart. but, um, you know, and reach out to me if you're, you know, have specific questions about it. Um, because I will gladly provide my input and advice, um, on totally. all and the ride and race thing, like those kind of things set up my alley. Cause it's just, for me, it was all about connecting with other people mm -hmm. while kicking my own butt, you know? Yeah. Um, that's always been fun. Yeah. Versus are... like, I was gonna say versus like when I was training for tries, the swimming always killed me. Cause I'm like Ugh. by myself yeah. in my own head and I can't zone out cause I'm gonna hit the wall. So I like stay present yes. by myself, um, for like an hour. And it's yeah, like, it's. That is, that's tough. Um, so there are also Peloton subcultures. So you can hold yourself even more accountable. There's something called like a power zone pack for people. And they, they post a schedule of classes, right? Here are the classes that you do. There's all kinds of Facebook groups and tat. And so if you really want that too, you can, there, you can find it. There's, you know, and when I ride, I can see there's a hashtag for pregnant people. So it's like, oh, I can see how I'm doing compared to the <laughs> really? other pregnant women on the ride. And oh my gosh. Um, so that part of it's pretty cool. So when we do a ride and raise ride, we have our own tag. So it's almost like your own class within that class. Um, so, and do you have the, the old school bike or did you get like the upgrade to the new, I have the OG bike. So another question I've been asked quite a bit is like, should I get the bike plus or should I just get the regular bike? Right. Um, one of the biggest things is that the Apple watch works with the bike plus. So if you're a big okay. Apple watch person, that's a huge benefit. Um, the screen's a little bigger, the sounds better. It swivels. So if you're going to do yoga, right. you can turn it around. So it kind of depends on your setup at home, but right. there are benefits to the newer one, but we, we don't need that that enough to upgrade. At least yeah, I yet. bought the OG one, so I'm glad you. I'm glad yeah, you're not feeling like too hard on the plus because I was like, no. yeah, yeah, swivel. Yeah, those are kind of you know, I guess you could call those nice to haves, right? right. Go back to the the software world and those features are. And I, nice I'm like a Garmin watch guy too, so I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, I know. I was. I was, and now I'm finally started using my Apple Watch. Yeah. 
You're more yeah. of an Apple Watch now instead of Garmin? Well, mainly because ha- I haven't trained for anything in a while. Like when I was training for marathons, it was like, yeah, I had to have my Garmin because my Apple totally. wasn't, like I didn't trust it. But now I'm like, oh, well, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> as long totally. as I get something, something done. So. <sighs> well, hey, where can people connect with you? They want to reach out. We're going to put a link to the blog in the notes. Um, what platforms, social platforms do you want people to connect with? Yeah, so I'm, I'm certainly on LinkedIn. Allie nice. Brettnocker. Um, and then Allie T. Brett, pretty much everywhere else. Like, so Allie T. Um, you know, I'm most active probably on Instagram. Um, I have Twitter as well, which I think where you and I met Casey, but I'm not too yeah. hard to find. Sweet. All right. Good stuff. Thanks for hanging out with me. I'm glad to have caught up with you and learned and hashed out some sales and marketing alignment and talk a little Peloton. It's been awesome. Oh yeah. It has been really fun. I can't believe it's been way too long. So seriously, once you get your bike, let's, let's do this again. For sure. For sure. (laughs) Um, and I just got to figure out what I'm going to do with my shoes too, because I've got Mm. like, I've got, um, spin shoes and I've got my like outdoor bike shoes. And I think the outdoor bike shoes that I have, have the triangle. Oh, the Delta clips. Delta. Delta is the key. Yeah. But my, my spin ones don't, they're like SPD for Spanga. So I got to figure that out, but Ooh, maybe there's a business idea in there where you can, maybe there is something out. there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, man. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you again for coming on here. We definitely will have to stay in yeah. touch. Um, and as soon as I get the bike, I'll hit you up. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. This was really fun, Casey. I appreciate it. Absolutely. For those people listening, this has been the hardcore marketing show. We will catch you all next time. Bye.